I'm a senior at Sarasota High School, and today I'll be reading from the scripture passage, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli, and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Rachel. You got to think about going to seminary someday. Uh, Hey, I like the pigtails. Um, Where's Lori? Yeah. It's the new look. Good. Yeah. All right. New dress code here at Church of the Palms. That's nice. Always last to get that memo. Okay, let's pray. Lord, thanks for your word. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. And we ask, Lord, that you will give us ears to hear, minds to discern, hearts to feel, and wills to do all for your sake. And we pray it in Christ's name. Amen. So it was uh, freshman orientation in college, a little college, Westminster College up in Pennsylvania where I went to school 9,000 years ago. Freshman orientation, and a couple hundred of us were new college students, were ushered into a small auditorium to take a reading test. Now, we were told that there were to be a few sections of the test and that we should pay attention to the verbal instructions. That was about the last thing I heard the proctor say before I began goofing off with a couple of my newfound friends in the back row. So the next thing I heard the proctor say was, begin. So I began, and I started reading the text in front of me, and after I got through a couple of paragraphs, I thought maybe I should go back, you know, and reread it and, you know, kind of get the gist of it and all the details. And as I went back to the beginning, all of a sudden I heard, stop. So I stopped. Please circle the number next to the line where you stopped. So I circled the second line of the first paragraph. And then we were told to move on to the next section. Now, one of the instructions I had not heard while I was messing around in the back row with my newfound friends was that that section was about reading speed. And I had just indicated that my reading speed was about 10 words for two minutes. (laughs) So about two weeks later, I was asked to come into the dean's office, and there I was politely encouraged to take a freshman remedial reading course. 
I tried to explain to the dean what I had done, and though she doubted my story, she agreed to let me continue through the first semester without taking the course, and if I got in any trouble, I was to come back in and sign up for her remedial reading course. All this because I did not care to listen. I did not care to listen. Unfortunate things can happen when you don't care to listen. Juxtapose that story with another story, and this is another story out of my childhood, and it is a composite memory I have of sitting with my father in our family room on the east side of Detroit on summer nights, and between us there stands a Panasonic radio, a portable Panasonic radio, one of those old AM, FM radios with an antenna that sticks up. And one of us is playing ever so sensitively with the dial, trying to pick up the frequency of a radio station in St. Louis, KMOX. KMOX broadcasted St. Louis Cardinal baseball, and the frequency had a span of about a several hundred miles. And in the evening, especially if it was a good evening, there was always a chance you could pick up the Cardinal game all the way up in Detroit. So there, my father and I would sit, our ears on almost touching, straining to hear for that minute spot on the dial where we could catch the sound of Jack Buck giving us the play-by-play. -play. There it is, there it is, one of us would say, and as we could faintly hear the familiar voice. It's amazing what you will do when you really care to listen. I'm guessing one of the reasons why we are here this morning, maybe all of us are here this morning, is that we are interested to some degree in hearing what the voice of God might be saying. When the alarm went off this morning and we decided to get out of bed, get ourselves ready, drive over to the church, sing our songs, pray our prayers, and now listen for the word of God. This is kind of how we tune in, right? We're, we're not, of course, the only folks interested in the voice of God. Plenty of people who don't go to church are interested to some degree or the other with what God has to say, and they find all sorts of ways to tune in because the truth is God speaks in all sorts of ways, right? It's one thing you kind of catch in the Bible is that God speaks in all sorts of ways to all sorts of people in all sorts of places. Some hear audible voices. Most don't. Moses had a burning bush, the wise men had a star, the disciples heard and saw a rabbi, Paul had a blinding light. God speaks in all sorts of ways. One of the common mistakes, though, that we make while reading the Bible is to think that God speaks primarily in special effects, that if we're really going to hear God, well, God is likely going to speak through some supernatural pyrotechnic way, you know, some bolt of lightning or stereophonic music or some celestial movement. That's going to be the way that God gets our attention. And that's how we often think about God, right? We, we think about God as this divine being whose job it is to get our attention. Yo, God! You want to speak to moi, best you get working on getting my attention. A busy guy, got things to do, bills to pay, chores to run, golf to play. So, you know, a little writing in the sky, you know, a little voice from, you know, the loudspeaker. That'll do it. 
And sometimes maybe that happens. Never happened to me. Because really, the truth is, God is speaking all the time. God is speaking all the time. The psalmist says the heavens are declaring the glory of God. The earth, he says, is full of the goodness of God. The kingdom of heaven is in your midst, Jesus says. The spirit blows where it wills, he says again. God is speaking all the time. Every waking moment, every non-waking moment, God is saying something. In the Bible, of course, in the creation, in the circumstances of life, in your conscience, God is speaking all the time. But you know what? <laughs> God is not necessarily concerned about trying to get your attention. God is not concerned about trying to get your attention. God is happy to wait until the end of time for you and me to give our attention. But God is not concerned about trying to get it. I love our story from 1 Samuel that Rachel read. This young religious neophyte, Samuel, in the court of Eli. And he's lying down, and he hears the voice of God, but he doesn't know that that's the voice of God. And when he hears it, he assumes it must be the voice of someone else, particularly his teacher. So he goes to Eli, who's in the other room, and he says, what do you want? I heard your voice. And, and Eli says, I didn't say anything. And Samuel goes back to bed. And then the voice comes again. Samuel goes back in the other room. What do you want? says, I didn't say anything. Goes back to the other room. Here's it a third time. Goes back. What do you want? Wasn't me. And then finally, Eli says, you know, when you go back and lie down and you hear the voice again, just say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Just say, speak, Lord. For your servant is listening. And so that's what Samuel does. He goes back and says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, because, because I know you've been speaking all the time, but now you have my attention. Lord, speak. And Samuel gives his attention. And all of a sudden, he is enfolded into the story of God. The Lord speaks. Samuel gives his attention, and now he's enfolded in the movement of God and goes on to be one of the great and wise judges of Israel. So, do you have any interest in being enfolded by the movement of God? Do you have any interest in being enfolded in the movement of God because we're all getting unfolded, right? That's what it means to be a human being. We get unfolded by something. We get unfolded by anxiety. We get unfolded by our egos. We get unfolded by our work. We get unfolded by our golf game. We get unfolded by our goals and our deadlines. We all get unfolded. But what about getting unfolded by the gracious, loving, beautiful, movement of God. 
What would it mean for you if you were to give your moments over to being enfolded by the gracious, loving, and beautiful movement of God? To, to let God's voice enfold you. So I've asked our friend, Jonathan Spivey. Many of you uh, know Jonathan. Some of you may not. Come on up, Jonathan. Jonathan uh, is our uh, organist and pianist here at Church of the Palms, and uh, he's usually over there in the sanctuary playing, and he is an extraordinary musician. And I asked him if he would play a small piece of music of his own choosing, something important to him, something that's kind of seized him. And so he's going to do that. It is a section of Franz Schubert's Impromptu and A-flat. So, wow, that is a beautiful piece of music, and um, it's one that obviously has uh, made its way into your soul. And um, so, did you, uh, did you pick it up this morning? Uh, no. No? No, no. Um, so, you know, when might you have picked that up? When was the first time you came across that? Actually, it was assigned to me uh, when I was in fourth grade, so it was just an assignment. It was just a piece given to me by a teacher. And then by about the ninth grade, um, I decided I kind of liked this piece, and so I, I used it for a competition. And then if you fast forward to, the, to my senior year in high school, when it was time to apply for college, um, by that point I was growing very attached to the piece, and I thought I would use it to try to get into music school. So I used that for my audition piece. Okay, so wow. So it became a part of you. So t tell us more about that. We, this piece of music kind of comes into your life, and but it doesn't just stop there. It, it makes this journey with you. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, so over time, what I think happened was not that the piece changed, but that I changed. And hopefully there's some, some growth there, some musical growth where you mature and where you listen to the piece, you hear other people's recordings of it, and you get closer and closer to it, and you find subtleties and wonderful aspects of it that you didn't see when you were a fourth grader or ninth grader, maybe not even in college. And so finally, I used it recently in test driving a new piano because I, I really decided that this is a piece with all the things that it had inside it that um, told, could tell you everything that you needed to know about an instrument. Wow. Thank you, Jonathan. Give Jonathan a round of applause. So it's one thing to have a piece of music sitting in front of you. And it's, um, there it is. 
And it's another thing, though, to have it just not sit in front of you, but to grab it and to read it and to wonder with it and to pay attention to it and to pick it up and listen to it and study it and, and practice it and rehearse it and then finally express it. Now, that journey does not begin by the music running after Jonathan to get his attention. That journey begins when he was willing to give it his attention. So, shift gears. We dare to desire to be enfolded by the movement of God. We dare to desire to hear God speak to us. We, we dare to wonder what, what, God, what our lives might look like if we actually listened and enclosed within ourselves the Spirit of God. Well, we might begin realizing that, that God is not in the business of getting your attention. The music is there. God is speaking all the time. And God is waiting for us to give him our attention. And attention must be paid because God's ways are not our ways. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. The score of God's voice may not even be a score with which we are familiar. And so what do we do? We pay attention. Speak, Lord, for thy servant is listening. We lie down and we pause and we listen. We take out our earbuds. We grow silent. We watch events unfold before us and we wonder about them. We, we open the pages of the Bible and we we read them and we read them again and we read them again and we read them again and we bow our heads and we pray and we pray and as we pray we speak but oh no we, 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 we don't speak as often as we listen we listen in the silence and we recount our days and we wonder what are you telling me Lord and we take long walks and we ponder the land the water and the sky and then we say are you telling me something Lord we 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 wonder about what God might be saying through his creation we wonder what God might be saying through his fellow human beings because we know that the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord and the goodness is trying to speak to us that frequency is somewhere on the radio that proctor up there is trying to get my attention and we lean in and we listen and we tune and we listen and we go back to our Bibles and we read some more and we make ourselves available and we pay attention and we practice and before we know it we're falling in love we're falling in love with the peace we fall in love with the voice of God and we let God exercise God's right to free speech a lot of free speech calling out today but we to exercise God's free speech. And we pay attention and we let it seep in and we fall in love and we wonder how we can express this love with the world. And we begin to play what the composer intended for us to play and we begin to live like Jesus because long ago we let the composer into our lives and we let the composer shape us and we let the composer express himself through us. And we are enfolded now by the movement of God. 
because God is on the move, right? God is moving forward with his grace and with his love, and God wants to embrace us and take us with him. And when we let this voice of God, when we let the voice of God, the grace of God, the beauty of God into our lives, well, then there's less to fear, there's less to grow anxious about, there's less to worry about, because we've been enfolded, embraced, and we are lost in the wonder of the composer. And all of what we get to do is reflect his glory. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak. For thy servant is listening. Let's pray. We are grateful, Lord, that you are a God who is whispering and shouting and singing and praying and humming to us every moment of every day. And we confess to all those moments in our life when we were so occupied, when we had those earbuds planted in our ears and we just didn't give you a chance. So speak, Lord, for your servants are trying to listen. Amen.